When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Should be a fun weekend again for the two locals. When you consider the Jets trying to do something that they haven't done since 2018. Do you know what that is? Actually get over the 500 mark. Actually have a winning record. I know that that is few and far between, but that is what is at stake, seeing if they can build some momentum after that miraculous victory over the Cleveland Browns last week in Cleveland. And then you got the Giants on Monday night. And for my money, you know, probably the biggest surprise so far in the NFL this year. I know that they haven't blown you away. I don't think that we would use the term dominant to describe the Giants through the first two weeks of the season. A couple of close victories against teams that, haven't won a game yet themselves in Tennessee and Carolina and are hurting for a win in the worst way. But you got to win them, and the wins don't go bad. And now they get one of their arch rivals coming in on Monday night in the Dallas Cowboys, seeing if they can move to 3-0. and And reminder, we're going to be live at Resorts World New York City in Queens on Monday night from 7 to 10 for the full show. So swing by if you're in the neighborhood. Check us out. Bart Oates, former Super Bowl champion, two times over from the New York Giants, will be there as well to hang out with us, and he'll be popping on the show. So hope to see a lot of people out there on Monday. But it's fun, isn't it? Like, it's, it, it's fun. This is a fun time in this city. We don't get this that often. I mean, I don't have to remind you. Think about how bad sports in this town have been for, like, the last several years. And here we are in... I don't know, do you count this like the last weekend of September? I mean, you're going to nitpick and say next weekend is, I mean, next Friday is the last day of September. But it's fall. You know, if you walked outside today, if you got out of the house, there's a little chill in the air. It's nice and crisp. Open the windows, cool off the house a little bit, right? It's a nice feeling. When was the last time that the weather was like this and you can actually say the Mets are in first place going to the playoffs? The Yankees are in first place going to the playoffs. The Giants have gotten off to a good start to their season. The Jets have positive momentum looking to build on it and author a positive month of September, something that they have not been able to do for quite some time. Right? It's been a while. And hockey will be starting in just a couple of weeks. Training camps are open already, and the Rangers, of course, are run to the conference finals last year. You know, this is a good time to be a New York sports fan. Now it could be short-lived. Because a month from now, what happens if the Mets and Yankees are both eliminated from the playoffs? You know, the Giants have kind of bottomed out, and maybe the Jets have reverted back to their old ways when certainly they get into that meat of the schedule a little bit more, and they suffer some tough luck defeats. Who knows? It's possible, but that's why right now, enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it's worth, and this is a fun time. But of course, Judge is still going to be the headliner tonight. Yankees are still going to command center stage, even though... They clinched that playoff spot last night, and it was almost like, you know, in the list of storylines in that game. I mean, the Yankees clinching a playoff spot was almost like fifth or sixth down the list. It was almost an afterthought. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. Playoffs, sure. You know, there was no real celebration. 
It was no real achievement. I mean, most people, let's face it, if they were at that game last night, they left that ballpark probably a little disappointed. If you're watching the game last night on TV, you probably turned it off a little disappointed because Judge didn't hit a home run. And especially that one that he gave for a ride in the ninth inning, which, hey, I don't know about you, and I'm not exactly perfect when it comes to calling home runs off the bat, to be quite honest, but that one with an assist from the Fox cameraman who faked out like the entire world because they had this nice, like, wide shot. They showed the giant video board there with Judge's mug up there, and you thought that it was going to go. And it was going to go right into Monument Park, and then you wouldn't have to worry about maybe somebody getting their hands on it because I think that the Yankees, and the Yankees even said that tonight they're going to have security all in that Monument Park, so if one does land out there, that they are going to find a way to make sure that Nobody's going to try to pull any hijinks to get them their hands on the coveted ball, which, you know, is going to be worth millions of dollars. Millions of dollars on the auction block, if they so choose. But Judge is slumping here. I mean, my gosh, two games, no dingers, what gives? Just a couple of doubles two nights ago. Last night he had three walks, continuing to get on base, continuing to do the same thing that he's been doing all season long. How dare Aaron Judge not hit any home runs? But we become spoiled. You're a Yankee fan, you became spoiled. And let's be real. If this was July, August, that ball off his bat, gone. It's in Monument Park. Easy. But it was cool last night. A little blustery. And it just didn't have quite enough to get on out of here. So we'll see if he takes his cracks tonight. And by the way, I didn't... Re- I, I didn't believe in this necessarily over the last few days. I, I didn't even allow it to kind of factor in because I didn't think that it would be possible in terms of competitive spirit, what's good for the game, letting a game unfold the way that it should. Are the Red Sox going to give Aaron Judge an opportunity to make history? Are they actually going to let him do it? Because yesterday before the game, Alex Cora said that they would. Alex Cora said, yeah, we're going to pitch this thing like if it's, you know, any old game, no history at stake. We are just going to play this thing straight up. Well, what happened? He walked three of his first four times up in the batter's box. And not only that, I think he only saw like five or six strikes in the first four at-bats. You know, in the ninth inning last night against Barnes, when he took that one all the way to the warning track, they pitched to him, right? They allowed him to actually take a decent swing. So are they going to do it again? We'll find out. Rich Hill is going to be on the mound tonight. And Rich Hill, he's like 57 years old. He's been around. Um, Done throw hard. He's a junk baller. Judge only has like a few at-bats off of him in his career, so I don't even think you could sit here and say like, oh, well, Judge owns Rich Hill. Surprising because Rich Hill's been around for so long. But, yeah, just a few at-bats. I don't think you can get a gauge on it necessarily. Like last night – Judge really didn't have a long track record of success against Michael Waka. I think he was like 0 for 9 against him. And with Hill, I don't think there's any sort of an indicator one way or the other. The only thing we know about Rich Hill is that for the last, I would say, you know, 7-8 starts, he hasn't pitched very well. He's got like an ERA of 5.5. So if you want to say that he's going to be susceptible to not just Aaron Judge, but maybe to other guys in that lineup, like, oh, I don't know, maybe a Glaber Torres who is really – gotten hot here of late and we've been talking about him for the last couple of nights have we not like think about the presence of Glaber Torres being a dangerous bat once again in this lineup and what he could potentially do 
for this team and for this offense in terms of lengthening out the lineup, in terms of, you know, being another hitter that an opposing team has to contend with. And if you just say, oh, well, you know what? We're not going to pitch Darren Judge. We're not going to let him beat us. We're not going to pitch to Stanton. We're not going to let him maybe hit one over the fence and do damage that way. Well, now if you got a third guy here, that changes the outlook. You know, Rizzo, of course, can hit the ball out of the ballpark at any time. Who knows with some of these other guys that are injured. It remains to be seen. But you figure he's going to get some opportunities tonight. I don't look. Rich Hill is not going to throw a fastball past Aaron Judge. Unless he completely lulls him to sleep with a bunch of junk balls, and then maybe he tries to sneak one past Judge, and he get, you know, he catches Judge maybe looking for something off speed, something along those lines. But I think the Judge is going to have a chance to put a good swing on a couple of pitches tonight against Rich Hill. You hope so. And if it goes out, it goes out. I just, you know, I've been saying for the last couple of nights, I got a weird feeling that the record happens tomorrow. And I think he's going to hit one out tonight. He'll get to 62 tonight, or excuse me, 61 tonight at 62 tomorrow. You know, maybe during the day tomorrow, it's, even though it's going to be on the cooler side again tomorrow, but it's going to be sunny, it's going to be nice. During the day, maybe the ball's going to travel a little bit better as opposed to tonight where it could be a little bit windy and blustery out there again because of the chill in the air. So we'll find out. We'll definitely keep you up to date every single time he steps up to the batter's box and up to the plate and seeing what he can do in terms of history. And we'll all be watching it together. Yes, on Apple TV Plus, right? Yes, on Apple. And by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this. I only saw it this afternoon when I put two and two together. Think about what type of a night this could be for the folks at Apple. Think about this. Not just Aaron Judge and what potentially could happen with him, which we all know. Apple's second game tonight of the doubleheader out on the West Coast is Cardinals-Dodgers. And Albert Pujols has been stuck on 698 now for the last several years. You know, he's hit a little bit of a funk. But Pujols is just two away from a historical number there with 700. Could you imagine? I mean, like, the odds for that, you know, uh, parlay, I don't think it's going to happen. But could you imagine if Judge hits two home runs tonight to set the record in Apple's first game, and then he got Pujols who hits two home (laughs) runs out at Dodger Stadium to get to 700 for the Cardinals? I don't know what the odds or the probability of that is, but I'll tell you, if you bet it, you know what? Go buy a lottery ticket the next day. Because Lady Luck is smiling down upon you. You know that. And, yeah, we said they clinched the playoff spot. Oh, by the way, right, you're in. That's normally the most important thing, but obviously with the chase for history, just winning games and getting to the postseason is taking a little bit of a backseat. And now the next step for the Yankees, apart from Judge, is winning the division, right? You don't just want to be in the playoffs. You want to be a division champion. And they have a very healthy lead right now. And oh, by the way, you know, we didn't even talk. I didn't even have to open my mouth and say it. It just unfolded organically. Guess what just happened at Yankee Stadium? Garrett Cole, Mr. Batting Practice Pitcher Extraordinaire. Like I said, book him in the home run derby next year. It'll be the most exciting home run derby we've ever seen because he can't keep the ball in the yard. Tommy Pham, Mr. Fantasy Football. Hits one over the fence to give the Red Sox a 1-0 lead in the top of the first. So, Cole can't keep the ball in the yard no matter where he's pitching. And that, yeah, you go. It deserves it. That deserves it. Tell you what, feeling confident with this guy? 
$324 million. If the playoffs started tomorrow, he getting the ball game one. You feeling good? Feeling confident? Like I said, you got a seven and a half game lead right now over the Jays. Magic number to clinch the division is six. Toronto once again is in Tampa tonight to play the Rays down at the Trop. So a lot of things that we are going to be monitoring here tonight. This is going to be a fun one. It is still at its core, a football Friday. We'll go through all the week three games. We'll give you our NFL picks. And you know how much of a slump we had last week with the picks. But I'm confident in this week's selections. I really and truly think we're going to turn it around. We have to turn it around. All right, no more of these losing streaks. Done. We get back in the win column this week. Jordan Renan on the Giants. Greg Buttle, my partner, on the Jets. Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for ESPN, our Behind Enemy Lines segment. We preview the Bengals a couple of nights ago. Tonight we do the Cowboys. A jam-packed Friday. I don't even know if we're going to have enough time to get it all in, plus some other surprises as well. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Aaron Judge, one at bat, one strikeout. How about that? Rich Hill blowing an 85-mile-an-hour heater past Aaron Judge. Look, I know Aaron Judge is Mr. Cool, Calm, and Collective. I do. And a lot of guys would probably buckle under this crazy amount of attention and pressure that he has been under here for the last, I I mean, you know, pressure from the outside. I don't know if he's putting any pressure on himself. I don't think the guys in that locker room or the organization is putting any pressure on him. But he constantly has to, you know, field the questions and, you know, be reminded about history and everything that's happening. And, you know, it, it wears on you. Like human nature. Like anything. He spoke after the game last night, and he was asked if he thought that ball in the ninth inning he hit to the warning track, if he thought it was out. No, no, no I just, just got underneath it a little bit. Pretty windy night, so I was hoping maybe it was blowing out in the time I was hitting, but just missed it, but it lined up for a nice little J.D. walk-off, that's for sure. 
And we talked about it earlier. You know, you wonder if the Sox are going to pitch to him. At least for one at bat, Rich Hill pitched Aaron Judge. Struck him out. Full count. It was a 3-2 pitch, 85 mile an hour, got it past him. But he asked, after last night's game, did he think that the Sox pitched around you at times with the three walks? No, I, I don't think so. You know, Walker, you know, he does a good job of commanding the zone, you know, down away and then, you know, throwing a good sinker, change-up combo inside. So I think he was just trying to hit his spots and, you know, it was a little little chillier today and he just, you know, missed a couple of pitches. But you know, I, I don't think anybody's really changed anything they haven't done all year. Well, you know that that wasn't the case again this time around. As I said, he got in at bat. He got a fair crack at it. It didn't work. He'll get many more opportunities as the night moves on here. But, yeah, oh, by the way, Yanks did clinch a playoff spot, which is good to see. Uh, what did the skipper Aaron Boone have to say about being back in the postseason? Never want to take it for granted. We're in the dance, and we got a chance now. Um, you know, obviously, we're after the division crown. You've been around this game long enough, and you appreciate every time you get the opportunity. And we've we've punched that ticket. We've got a lot more business to do here in the regular season that we want to get done. But it starts a long time ago. A lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point. Adversity, highs, lows. So excited we're going to get an opportunity. Now we want to go uh, improve on that does start a long time ago. I mean, on a normal year. Because, you know, this one was interrupted by the lockout and the work stoppage. So spring training got underway a couple of weeks later. Remember, it started in early March. But on a normal year, pitchers and catchers are showing up to spring training in the middle of February. I mean, that's a long time. Think about it. So we're seven, almost seven and a half months since when guys first report to camp and begin this baseball journey. 162 games is a long time, right? It is a long time. And you and I and fans and whatnot, like, you know, you don't have to watch every game, right? I mean, it's a long season. You don't necessarily sit there and watch every pitch of every game. You have a life. You have other obligations. You do things. So sometimes you miss them. But these guys don't. (laughs) That's their job. They got to be there every single day. You know, sometimes they get a spell. They don't have to go out there and be in the lineup, but... You know, they got to play. They got to watch all these games. Even the spring training ones, as miserable as those are, to have to consume on a regular basis. So it does wear at you. And that's why, you know, the term the dog days of summer and, you know, usually in August at that time where it starts to hit some of these teams and these players. It's like, wow, you know, like, I, I thought this was done. I thought, you know, can we get to the, especially the teams that maybe have eyes on October, you say, geez, can we get to the playoffs already? Please, can we? But it is still about the history. You know, the Yankees are going to win the division. The question is when. It's about Judge. It's about the quest. And Aaron Boone today before the game, he was actually talking about, you know, the fact that you have something historical. And remember, Boone knows this. You think about Aaron, you know, that home run that Aaron Boone hit in 2003 to send the Yankees to the World Series. I mean, you know, as a Yankee fan, for example, like wh- what's a bigger moment to you? Let, when, when Judge breaks this record, right, what's a bigger moment for you as a Yankee fan? When Judge breaks the record or when Aaron Boone hit a home run to beat the Red Sox in game seven of the 2003 ALCS? I mean, there's no guarantee the Yankee. I mean, Judge, I know it's baseball history. I know that it's something that is more of a personal achievement. But Judge hits this record, and let's just say that the Yankees don't go deep in the postseason. 
What happens if they lose in their first series or losing, you know, to whoever, whoever they get matched up against and don't even get to the World Series? All right, you could say that this was a cool moment, but doesn't it fall flat? Doesn't it fall flat to you? I mean, there's just, I mean, you're never going to be able to take it away from them. I get it, but it would mean so much more if the Yankees were able to capitalize on what Judge's single-season individual accomplishment netted, and then on top of it, you throw in some team success as well. Because Boone knows about big moments, right? I mean, that home run in 03, that's like, you know, certainly in the last 50 years. I mean, that's as, as big as it is, you know, non-winning a World Series for the New York Yankees. You know, without those years where they won a championship. I mean, that's think about how legendary that was. Against the Red Sox? So Boone was asked today when he was meeting with the media earlier this afternoon just basically the difference between fans today and our society consuming these big moments compared to when things like this would surface 25 years ago, like let's say when you had the Bonds and, or excuse me, the, uh, the Maguire Sosa chase back in 1998. Take a listen. I mean, I would say somewhat similar. You know, other than it was 24 years ago. And I, I find interesting now at sporting events when you look in the crowd and everyone's going. And I was I always like, if you went back 25 or 30 years and you got to see that, you'd be like, what are the people doing? What are they holding? You know, so that's different in how we consume things and people are here and then it's here. Whereas probably back then, maybe you were a little more present with not capturing it, but capturing it experiencing it. yes <laughs> right capturing experiencing because now we can capture everything you know everybody's got a phone everybody's got a camera everybody's got a you know you can take your videos and all those things. i mean that's the i understand look i'm as guilty of it we're all as guilty of it as anybody else but you know the old saying like you know take a step back and just kind of observe and, and watch we spend too much time on our phones. We spend too much time, you know, on the Internet and doing things and Twitter and all that. You know, instead, like, for instance, if you're at this game tonight, if you've been to any one of these Yankee games in the last couple of evenings, hoping to see history, hoping to see Aaron Judge do his thing, how many people do you see on TV, like when they're spanning the crowd, that they got their phones out and they're filming, you know, the at-bat that they hope is going to be history for Aaron Judge? Are they seeing... Actually, Aaron Judge up in the batter's box, or are they looking at it through their phone and just looking at their phone and making sure that they have the perfect shot? Because God forbid, you're never going to be able to see that video and that footage of Aaron Judge anywhere ever again. And I'm sure that all of the other outlets that are broadcasting this game and this event, I'm sure that their technology isn't anywhere near as good as your little iPhone there or your, your, your Galaxy or whatever the hell it is. That you're filming, right? But that's what we just get too wrapped up in. It's never just about like enjoying the moment, enjoying life. It, it, I know, I'm, I'm not trying to get like deeply philosophical here, but I think that it's true. You know, don't look at life through the prism of your phone. Look at life just with your own eyes directly as it's happening. And I think we do get caught up in that. And I think that Aaron Boone hit it out of the park, really, when he made that comparison. It's true. But as I say that, like I said, I'm as guilty as anybody. So. What can you do? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. It is a football Friday. We come back. We'll preview this week's opponents for the two locals. Jets. Trying to see if they can move over 500 for the first time since 2018. How about that? 
They got the Cats coming in on Sunday to MetLife Stadium. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That's Joe Flacco. He was on with the guys this morning on DiPietro and Rothenberg. Joe getting up early probably on his way to practice. And he was asked about specifically, you know, how much can a victory, like the one they got against Cleveland last week, have a carryover effect on the remainder of the season or at least, you know, the, the few weeks that are going to follow it here. And, look, you got to take it one game at a time for sure. And what the Jets did last week does not mean a darn thing when they line up there on Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium. And case in point, look at what happened last night in Cleveland, Right? The Browns, who absolutely just choked the game away and failed to finish on Sunday. And you would think if it was going to have an effect on anybody, it would have an effect on Cleveland. Like, that was one maybe you're not going to be able to get up from, and it would be too devastating. But what did Cleveland do? They went out there last night, and they beat the Steelers. They played a good football game. It actually got a little bit hairy at the end, that onside kick that the Steelers tried. It, like, it went out of bounds, but the Steelers had opportunities to actually fall on it there. But still, Browns won the game, and I think it was good for them to get out there on a short week to be able to just you know, not dwell on what happened against the Jets. So now it's the Jets' turn. If the Browns can turn the page, Jets are going to have to turn the page. You know, those were, co- those were questions that I asked to a couple of the guys. I told you, Garrett Wilson and C.J. Mosley, I had a chance to talk to them one-on-one this week. And you'll hear those interviews coming up on Sunday on the pregame show, which begins at 11. Greg Buttle and myself here on 98.7 ESPN. And, and I asked the question, you know, how do you forget what happened last week because you have to move on to the next opponent but also try to build off of it in the same token? And I think that that's what the challenge is for this team. You know, Cleveland's done. It's finished. These are the Bengals. And the Bengals are a team right now that are pretty damn desperate, if you haven't noticed. Okay? They hardly resemble a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and really had a pretty good chance of winning the damn trophy. Last time a team that went to the Super Bowl started 0-3 the following year, you got to go back 20 years to Kurt Warner and the Rams in 2002. That was the last team or last time a team that went to the Super Bowl started 0-3 the following season, and the Bengals are obviously trying to avoid that happening to them coming up here on Sunday. Bengals are dangerous. That offense, to say that that offense has not gotten on track yet would be putting it mildly. But you know the big play capability that they have. When you think about Jamar Chase, when you think about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and all those, you know, Joe Mixon out of the backfield, the multidimensional threat that he is when it comes to running the ball, catching the football, and Burrow himself, I mean, Mr. Joe Cool. Problem with Joe is, is that Joe doesn't have a lot of time to throw the ball right now. Joe's been sacked 13 times in the first two weeks of the season. Let that sink in, 13 times. And that being said, as bad as Cincinnati has played this year, 
And as much as they have turned the football over, they're 0-2, but they could very easily be 2-0. They lost on the last play of the game in both contests. They lost to the Steelers in overtime on a walk-off field goal, obviously. And they lost to the Cowboys at the end of regulation on a walk-off field goal. So as far from perfect as Cincinnati's been, they could easily be 2-0 right now. And I think that the Jets know that. And at least the Jets better know that when they're getting ready for this game. Because if they just walk out there and expect that, oh, yeah, hey, we beat the Browns. You know, we're the toast of the NFL for one week. Bengals have no wins. They stink. It's going to be an easy win for us. Then they're going to have a rude awakening. And this Jet team is not good enough to be able to go out there and do that against anybody. Anybody at all. But the question I think that also is going to need more answering, or I should say more convincing to, I think, some people, is what happens at the quarterback position, right? What happens to the guy who some people, and you know who you are, feel should keep the job? The guy who should still continue out there in Joe Flacco. That, you know, he's played a couple of games, and he's played okay. I think he's put the ball up in the air way too many times, and you would want Joe Flacco to put the ball up into the air. But the offense has scored points. They've moved it up and down the field at least for the last, you know, five and a half quarters. First half against Baltimore was bad. But there's some people that feel that, you know, if Flacco goes out there and succeeds and plays another good game and they win on Sunday, that he should keep the job even when Zach Wilson's healthy. And, look, I'll give you my thoughts. I've talked about it all week. But the guys this morning on DNR asked Joe that very question. If he plays well this week, does he think he should start week four? Now, listen, uh, I'm happy to have, to be and to have been – able to put this team in an opportunity to kind of set up the rest of our season, you know, but when Zach gets healthy, um, I'm excited for him to get out there and and let it fly a little bit. So anytime you get a chance to play in this league, you're grateful for the opportunity. And I just want to continue to go out there and play the best I can and continue to put ourselves, you know, our team in a chance to to win some football games. Joe's not going to rock the boat. Joe's a veteran. Joe's a pro. Joe's been there, done that. Super Bowl MVP. You forgot about that, right? Super Bowl MVP. Like, that that thought occurred to me a couple of days ago when I was there in the lo- and that was the first time I was in the locker room for three years. <laughs> so I was like, boy, this place seems strange because we have, we weren't allowed in the locker room for the last two seasons because of COVID. So I'm in the locker room and like Joe comes walking by and I say, like, "What's up, Joe?" And then it, you know you, you think about like NFL history. You know we've had how many Super Bowls? This will be Super Bowl fifty seven, and there have been multiple Super Bowl MVPs, guys that have won multiple. So I think that there's less than fifty human beings who have ever been named a Super Bowl MVP. In the history of the world, less than 50 that have roamed this planet, and he's one of those guys. And that, that's pretty cool. Nobody's going to ever take that away from him. And he's had a damn good career. I, I mean, think of how many quarterbacks who would love to have had the career that Joe Flacco's had. Guy made a ton of money. Guy's won a ton of games. He's been a starter for over a decade, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, Joe Flacco's made, you know, he, he, he did it. He beat the odds. He won. And everything that he's doing now is just gravy. But when Zach Wilson's healthy, guys, he's got to be the quarterback. He should be the quarterback. Because he is the Jets' future. Robert Sala said as much earlier this week. He is the future of the organization. And the last thing that you want to have happen if you are a Jet fan is that at the end of this season, you don't want to be in the same situation that the 49ers are going to find themselves in at the end of the year. 
win, lose, or draw. San Francisco's got a good team. San Francisco, I think, is going to go to the playoffs. They're good, and they're better with Jimmy Garoppolo than they are Trey Lance. But San Francisco moved heaven and earth in the draft last year to move up to draft Trey Lance. And this was the year they were ready to turn over the entire organization to him and start to feel and understand what this guy can do. Then he suffers that injury last week, and he's done for the season. So now the 49ers are going to head into 2023 in Trey Lance's third season, still not having any idea what the hell they have at quarterback. And that's not good. And if you're the Jets, you also don't want to have the same thing happen to you. Because if this is another lost season for Zach Wilson, you're going into year three with him, same thing. And he'll be back. He'll probably play next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's not. And oh, by the way, if you watched the Steelers last night, I don't know what they're thinking, but if it was me, I would say there's a decent chance you're going to see Kenny Pickett make his NFL debut next week, whether he's starting the game or whether he's going to come in for an ineffective Mitch Trubisky. I mean, how much more Mitch Trubisky do you got to see running this offense? I mean, the Steelers, are, they're, they're, they're awful offensively. They've had 34 offensive possessions. They've scored four touchdowns. They can't run the ball because teams are selling out to stop the run because they don't fear the quarterback. How much longer is this going to carry on? So you might have Zach Wilson next week against some combination of Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. But he should play. And I know some people think that Flacco gives them a better chance to win. I don't see it, and I don't believe it. This whole team, the incorporation of talent, this was all put into place, remember, during the offseason with the thought and the idea of Zach Wilson being the conductor, not Joe Flacco. Things happen. You had Flacco step in, but now you got to get number two under center and let this thing roll. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. We'll do more on the Jets a little bit later on when Greg Buttle joins me. We come back. We'll talk some Giants. We'll talk some Cowboys, some Monday night football. And what are we making from this Giants 2-0 start to the season? That's coming up next. Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Dan Gross' show. 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number. We'll talk to Todd Archer. He covers the Cowboys for ESPN in our Behind Enemy Lines segment coming up at the top of the hour. And we'll talk to Jordan Renan at 9.30, who, of course, covers the Giants for us here at ESPN in his little weekly spot. And it's a big game on Monday. I mean, hey, look, anytime Giants-Cowboys, even when they played late last season and, you know, the Giants were just garbage, it's a big game. It's a rivalry game. Rivalry games, you always say you throw the records out the window and you just strap the helmet on, you go at it. Damn the circumstances. But this one's a little bit different. Obviously, it's earlier in the season, but hey, the Giants actually look, dare I say it, functional first couple of weeks of the season. You know, I think that Brian Dayball has clearly implemented the whole there's a new sheriff in town type of philosophy. It's not quite my way or the highway, but it's getting there. And what it is is it's getting the message home that, you know what, if you're not willing to lay it all out there and if you're not willing to do what it takes, then you're not going to be here. You're not going to be a giant. Make no mistake about it. 
This season is an audition for almost every guy on this team. Now, of course, the rookies, they'll be safe. They're not going anywhere because they were brought in by this group. Everybody else, I think their job's on the line. And even guys that are signed to big money contracts, it's obvious their jobs are on the line. Have you seen what's happened with Kenny Galladay? And how much conversation that has eaten up for us here certainly this week. And the fact that he only got two snaps a week ago against the Carolina Panthers. And it hasn't been pretty, right? It's two games. It's only by, what, four points? But it's two wins. And you take it. Because it sure as hell beats the alternative. When normally, if you're a Giant fan, you're used to starting 0-2. And to already be sitting here thinking about draft choices and draft positioning. So not only have you won a couple of games, you're at a point right now where, you know, you want to see what you have in-house. Saquon Barkley looks rejuvenated. How about the way this defense has played the first couple of weeks of the season? Missing your two-edge rushers. And now it looks like you're at least going to get some, some of these wounded bodies back on Monday night, which is certainly a good thing. But if you can evaluate and win some games in the process, you're killing two birds at one stone. That's fantastic. And now you got Cooper Rush leading the Cowboys into MetLife on Monday. You mean to tell me you can't beat Cooper Rush? Really? Did anybody in their wildest dreams, I mean, you could be sleeping in giant pajamas, seeing the world through a, you know, big blue prism. Did you really think you'd be 3-0? Did you? I didn't. Carl in Long Beach, up next, 98.7 ESPN. Carl, good evening. How are you? Good. How about you, man? Good, Carl. What's going on? Uh, nothing. I came here to talk about the Giants, but I got—I can't help myself but to agree with you and, and see how Zach Wilson would do if he was given the most throw attempts through the first two weeks in NFL history. Uh, but anyway, for the Giants, um, <clears throat> you know, it's really it's kind, of, it's kind of another paradoxical season, right, where we do want to see them take that step forward and really – know that the coaching staff is doing a great job. But at the end of the day, as we know, it really boils down to a quarterback. And I'm not really sure what that's going to look like moving forward if they are a 6-7 win team. You know, obviously evaluating Daniel Jones is the most important thing. You know, not just that, like all the players, more than anything else, right? I mean, you want to make sure that you get a read on the quarterback because that's going to be the most expensive decision they have to make at the end of the season. Even even franchising Daniel Jones is going to cost you, you know, 20 million bucks or thereabouts on a one year tag. So they got to get this thing right. And to be honest, they've won two games, Carl. But I don't necessarily think my opinion of Daniel Jones has changed at all in the first two weeks of the year. Oh, oh, definitely not. You know, he's still, he's still not able to progress past his first or second read in the offense, and we're seeing that with picks in the back of the end zone, with overthrows. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not it. I think we know that. I would agree with you. But, I mean, look, the optimism for this team right now, okay, when you think about what they've done, and I keep looking ahead, and I know that it's a dangerous thing to do, but the first 10 weeks of the season – you can identify a lot of opportunities right now for this team to win some football games. Is it crazy to suggest that the Giants, with a 2-0 and start already, can't be minimum 5-5 five and five after 10 weeks, and then you're still in the mix even around Thanksgiving time? Who would have thought that was possible? I definitely not me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. We'll see how it plays out and enjoy it. You know, that's what you're doing. Carl, thank you for the phone call. And while Carl was on, I got distracted a little bit because um, first Aaron Hicks hit a solo shot off of Bridge Hill to left field. Yeah, right. Wrong Aaron. There you go. 
play it. <laughs> I could, you know, I should, I just, just said Aaron hits a home run. Aaron hits a home run, but it's the wrong Aaron. And then Judge came up right after Hicks and just got under it. It was kind of, you know, ended up a routine fly ball to left field, but just underneath it a tad, and he kept it in the ballpark at one-to-one here in the bottom of the third inning. So Judge so far 0 for 2 on the night. He struck out swinging, and he flied out to left. I mean, what are we, in the third inning? He's going to get at least two more at-bats, guys, maybe even three. This could be a five-at-bat night when you're talking about Mr. Judge and his pursuit of history. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.